This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. At the time of recording this podcast, if you were to watch CNBC, at least at this time, they're currently talking about how to prepare the playbook for the upcoming recession in 2023, or if the recession already is right now, what moves need to be done. And it's interesting because some of the analysis that they're talking right now is they're talking about the Netflixes and the Disneys and how they're low PEs and all that stuff. But they're not really answering the question on if we are in a recession, what needs to be done, okay? And it's funny because one of the analysis, he's a pretty smart guy. I won't give his name exactly, but he seems somewhat a little bit annoyed by the question was, how do you prepare for a recession? And you have these another analysis people talking about other companies. So it's it was funny to watch, but it kind of just proves that Wall Street's mind is kind of everywhere. And which is fine because there's like a million million things that are happening on news every second of every day almost for the market and you can't focus it on all things so now some news that we're going to talk about in today's podcast okay we got some more news from nightscope yes i know we talk about nightscope a lot on this channel but like i always say it's interesting to see how nightscope's growth is growing and just how wall street reacts to it and not only that but the news that is coming from nightscope today they actually sold or they deployed a robot to a client that's actually on Wall Street, okay? And we'll get into a little bit about what happened with that company today. Then we got some news from the movie Avatar, uh, The Way of Water in the Making, what they're projecting will happen this weekend, and what does that mean for Disney stock going forward. Continuing on, though, we have some very interesting articles to end today's podcast, three of them in particular. One has to do with the fact that about 60 seconds before the CPI hit, there was a large trading volume that was happening, okay? And then we also have other news to get into about how the Senate is is having more hearings on FTX, and they're calling it the largest Ponzi scheme in, scheme in history. And the last thing we got to talk about is, Right before FTX collapsed, there was a, a bill or Congress was considering a bill that was supposed to help back, uh, it was supposed to back, I guess, FTX before it collapsed. And what does that mean? And, and, why, and why this bill wasn't, I guess, brought forward in time. So with that being said, I have to remind you all that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape or form. Everything I talk about in this podcast is for information, entertainment purposes only. You need to do your own research before investing as you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest in the stock market. Please be advised that I am not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. And everything I talk on this on this podcast is for information, entertainment, or educational purposes only. You need to go talk to your professional advisor as they would understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. I legally cannot give you financial advice, hence why you must go talk to your professional advisor and you must do your own research before investing because I am not going to tell you how to invest because at the end of the day, it's not my decision on investment decisions for your life. Please talk to your professional advisor. This podcast is for information, entertainment purposes only. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, for one more thing I forgot to mention, disclosure, I have a long-term and small position in both Nightscope and Disney stock for this podcast today. 
continuing on with this podcast, ABM deploys Nightscope Autonomous Robot in major parking facility. Okay, From Mountain View, California, a developer of advanced physical monitoring technologies focused on enhancing U.S. facility operations and ABM, a a leading provider in integrated facility services, parking and transportation management solutions, and electric vehicle EV charging installations, today announced the deployment of three autonomous robots at an international airport parking facility in the U.S. The Nightscope self-driving robots will navigate and monitor ABM's parking facility without any human intervention to gather and deliver unprecedented levels of data and actionable intelligence for an airport operations team to assist in making smarter, safer, safer and faster decisions with the ability to see a full 360 degrees even in the dark streaming video directly to airport staff and keep high definition record of its observations for up to 30 days the power of analytics embedded within the autonomous robots can even detect a person that the human eye may not be able to see under certain conditions each autonomous robot also features a sensitive 16 microphone array with two-way audio functionality Allowing, allowing airport staff to have live conversations with person within the garage using the robot itself as a communication medium. Beyond introducing autonomous robot innovations, ABM additionally implemented a variety of new data-enabled driver-first smart parking and mobile solutions during the beginning of 2021, such as installing more than 1,200 EV charging stations inclusive of DC fast chargers and level two chargers, one of the largest EV chargers installations in the United States. Additional improvements included the introduction of automated parking infrastructure, con- contactless payments, online reservations, and enhanced wayfinding and guidance signals to open spaces, among other advancements. Quote, through our ongoing partnership with our integrated mobile mobility solutions, we are reimagining parking infrastructure by pioneering an advanced experience and that prioritizes drivers and creates unified parking systems designed to generate more revenue with lower operating costs, said Joss. Uh, Finberg, Chief Strategy and Transportation Officer at ABM. For many, the air travel experience often begins and ends at the airport parking lot. It can set the tone for the trip and it may be the last thing they remember. The overall experience is critical and this new technology pilot works towards furthering integrate the streamline the parking facility operations. ABM's innovative solutions enable significant improvements that allow airports to evaluate their reputation and build passenger loyalty while meeting the dynamic needs of travelers, reducing operation inefficiencies and costs and leveraging technologies to attract and maintain visitors. The parking facilities and mobile for airport across the country, said William Santana Lee, chairman and CEO of Nightscope Inc. We are honored that ABM employs Nightscope cutting edge technologies to enhance the traveler experience and support its parking operations. And we look forward to bringing similar success to other parts of the country. Okay. Like I said, this is interesting. ABM is on the New York Stock Exchange. It is. I don't know what their share price is currently right now. This is not a a promotion for ABM or Nightscope because like I said, you must do your own research before investing to determine whether or not you want to invest in a company. But it's interesting. So they don't say what parking structure or what airport it is in the photo of the article from Business Wire because that's where we just read this article from. It shows LAX. But I don't know if the LAX photo is an old photo of a past robot that Nightscope has released to LAX. Or maybe it is at LAX. Who knows at the end of the day. But at least there's three more robots out there from Nightscope. Okay? Now granted, three robots does is not going to move the needle that much. But in the long term, as Nightscope continues to deploy more robots, it will grow. Now what makes this intriguing going forward too is if, if this is successful, like let's say ABM has a successful time with using Nightscope Robotics, 
there is a high probability that they will buy more robots for more of their clients that they use their their services for, which means ABM will be buying more robots in the future should this one be successful. So we're going to keep an eye out for this because like I said, Wall Street continues to ignore Nightscope in every way, shape or form because like I said earlier, they're talking about Disney and the Netflixes because of the low PEs and valuations and cash flows and all that stuff. But it's interesting to see that Nightscope continues to grow. Wall Street continues to ignore. And now you have a company like AM, AM, ABM that is now invested in the company. Well, not really invested, but they're using the technology as part of their services. And like I said, if this is successful, ABM will probably start using more robots across the country and their parking structures and services. So continuing on the entertainment sector. Avatar The Way of Water could be heading for a 175 million box office opening, okay? From CNBC, it's been more than a decade since James Cameron's Avatar shattered box office records. To this date, it remains the highest grossing title globally, aided by several re-releases. Yeah, if you haven't heard, they re-released the Avatar movie, and it passed, uh, I think it was Avengers Endgame? Yeah, I think it was Avengers Endgame. It passed it recently. Continuing on, it says... Its long-awaited sequel, Avatar The Way of Water, is also set to be a blockbuster, but how big of one remains to be seen. The movie, which opens this weekend, is set to snare between $150 million and $175 million domestically during its opening weekend. If the film opens in that range, it will be the third largest opening in 2022, just behind uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which tallied $187 million in May. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which scored $181 million last month, according to data from Comscore. While the first movie only opened with $77 million in 2009, Avatar had unparalleled staying power at the box office. Released in December that year, it ran through theaters through August of 2010, a whopping 234 days. The film ultimately generated $760 million in the U.S. and Canada and more than $2 billion in international markets. In the big picture, I expect a legally box office run whose story wouldn't be told on opening weekend alone, said Sean Robbins, chief media analysis at boxoffice.com. This is not a comic book blockbuster with an apparent ra- uh, rabid fan base to front load sales. James Cameron's films have, have historically engaged general audiences deep in their theoretical windows, though it's worth considering that the box office climate has changed ever since the previous Avatar film in 2009. The Way of Water will have minimal box office competition until February, and word of mouth could help the film hold on the lucrative premium, premium screens like IMAX. And then this is where things will get interesting. They're talking about the China factory. He says, if the way of water is anything like the first film, it will get a major boost for international ticket sales. More than 70% of Avatar ticket sales came from the foreign markets in 2009. And and it it will benefit from the release in China. The Chinese box office contributed around 265 million of Avatar's global tally a decade ago, but the market has grown significantly since. Prior to the pandemic, China was the second highest grossing theoretical market in the world. Since cinemas reopened in the country, it has been one of the fastest markets to recover and generate box office success. In 2009, China's overall box office reached $910 million. A decade later, it topped $8 billion. Avatar saw great success in China during the initial release and subsequently re-release in early 2021. As audiences flock to cinemas to see films in premium formats, these screenings are more expensive than traditional laser or digital showings and can bolster overall ticket sales. Perhaps most importantly about The Way of Water, China releases is that it will take place on December 16th. So today's the 15th, so it'll be released tomorrow. Actually, it would be today in China, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, it is. I believe it is the 16th right now in China. The same day as its domestic debut. Disney saw success with the strategy when it really released Avengers Endgame on the same day in the U.S. and China, leading to the highest global opening weekend in cinematic history. Ken, what's going to be interesting with China is if 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 China crushes it at the box office, does that mean China's open? In all honesty, okay, because they're talking about how China's not open currently right now with at least when it comes to manufacturing. And that's been one of the biggest concerns in Wall Street. So if Avatar gets released, does that mean we're going to see a lot of people going to the movies theaters in China? It's going to be interesting to see. I have been saying this for a while in past podcasts, and you can probably go back and listen to some of them. I'm honestly expecting Avatar The Way of Water to do really, really well. Okay, And all honestly, James Cameron seems to be a guy who knows what he's doing when it comes to film. And just from the trailers, it looks pretty amazing. Now, the plot line might scare me a little bit because plot lines could make or break this movie. But hopefully it doesn't. But the scenery it just is amazing, just from what we can tell so far. And that alone will probably get a lot of people to go in to watch it, just based off the scenery and the imagery that you're having to see the entire time. And it might actually do really well at the box office. Could it beat its current avatar? movie that's in front of it probably we get to find out real soon but at the end of the day i'm expecting this to be a big release for disney especially since disney had a lot of flops this year like the buzz lightyear movie and what was that other movie that came out i can't remember which one it was it, it was like a movie that i had never even heard of and apparently it didn't do that well but because it was like at the same time that I guess Doctor Strange had came out or Wakanda Forever came out. There was like one weekend where Disney had like back-to-back films that came out in back-to-back weeks and Disney virtually competed with itself and one of them flopped and the other one did really, really well. You can go listen to that podcast that we talked about it in the past. But I expect this movie to do really, really well for Disney and all, honestly. And it could be one reason why Disney stock might be popping soon. And this isn't financial advice because I do own Disney shares, but it's not financial advice at the end of the day. But Disney's probably going to do really, really well with this movie. Uh, people have been waiting for this movie to come out. And I'm expecting that a lot of people will enjoy it. If the if the vi- if the visuals are as good as they were in the first one. okay. The plot might be... That's what worries me about whether or not this movie does well as the plot. But we'll find out soon what audiences think. Because it comes out virtually tomorrow. So, tuning on. This is kind of big news. And I kind of wish it would be talked about a little bit more. And everything we talk about is going to be somewhat on the politics side of things in the market, but it does need to be talked about, okay? It says here, this is being reported from Bloomberg, but also this is written on on Yahoo Finance, okay? It says here, in 60 seconds before CPI hit, heavy trading drove mystery, mystery rally, okay? From Bloomberg, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary for President Joe Biden, quickly brushed off questions when it came toward the end of her daily press conference Tuesday. No, she said there was no chance of anyone in the White House leaked the November inflation report before 8.30 a.m. Publication, too much fuss, has been made as she saw it over what was the minor market movements. But that was nothing minor about the rally that took hold in the seconds before the better-than-expected inflation number hit the Labor Department website. Stock futures suddenly spiked more than 1%. Trading and Treasury futures surged, pushing benchmark yields lower by four basis points. Those are major moves in such a short period of time, bigger than than full session swings on same days, and they should have scrutinized by regulators 
longtime market observers say, even if a leak is only one of several possible explanations for why traders suddenly started buying right before the report was published. Significant trading activity ahead of the market changing news is suspicious and typically worthy of regulatory agencies making appropriate inquiries, said Jerome Selvers, chair of the Securities Regulatory Enforcement and Litigation Practice at Fasman Stain Walder Hayden. This is unusual, especially given that the reduction in inflation that was reported, which was well in excess of what market anticipated, he said, someone will likely look into it, whether it's innocent or not. Of course, it and when such investigation occurs remains to be seen. For its part, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics said it's unaware of any early release of its data. Still, overall, 60-second span before the data went out, over 13,000 March 10-year futures traded hands during a period when activity is usually non-existent. At the contract was bid up, stocks and bonds rallied further immediately after publication on the data as investors speculated about cooling inflation meant for the Federal Reserve would pause its tightening cynical earlier next year. CME, CME data released Wednesday showed open interest or the amount of new risk held by traders searched across all treasury futures contracts, implying that the buying activity into and around the inflation data on Tuesday was motivated by a new long position as opposed to covering existing shorts. BLS spokesperson Cody Packman said an email about while the agency is not aware of the early release, some government officials do routinely receive the data before publication under federal guidelines. Okay. My honest opinion, this was leaked. Okay. You do not have drastic moves like that unless something like this was leaked. Someone got information on this and someone needs to be held accountable. Okay. It's insane. I don't know if this will ever be looked at again. And like I said, we're talking about it because Wall Street's not talking about it. Bloomberg is reporting it, luckily. But it, at the end of the day, you have companies like CNBC that don't seem to be reporting it, at least on their news channels right now. But there was a major move that happened. Information like that had to have been shared somehow, some way. Okay, There needs to be an investigation in this. Sadly, don't know if it actually will happen. But moves that jump up that much... Something was leaked and someone got their hands on information and someone made a lot of money doing it. That's a scam right there. When information can get leaked and someone else can get their information on that quickly. Hopefully there is an investigation, like I said, and we'll find out soon. But continuing on more on the politics side of things. Senate banking hearing set to take place at FTX and cryptocurrency industry. The largest Ponzi scheme in history. Okay. From CNBC. The Senate, the Senate Banking Committee on Wednesday is holding a second day of hearings this week on the downfall of cryptocurrency exchange FTX, examining how the company's implosion could impact the nascent industry. On Tuesday, FTX new CEO John J. Ray testified in front of the House Financial Services Committee, where he accused former executives, including founder and former CEO Sam Bankman-Fried, to embezzling customer funds. Quote, this is not just really old-fashioned embezzlement. This is just taking money from customers and using it for your own purpose, not soft sophisticated at all, Ray said in four hours of blistering testimony before the White House Financial Service Committee. Sophisticated, perhaps in the way that they're hiding something, frankly, right in the eyes, right in their eyes. This is just plain old embezzlement, old school, old school. Okay. U.S. prosecutors, securities and commodities regulatory say Bankman Fried used billions of dollars of FDX customer funds for his own personal use to invest in other ventures, to donate to politicians and PACs, and repay billions of dollars in loans owned by Alameda Research, the cryptocurrency's hedge fund he also founded. Quote that the major break- breakthrough here, funds from FTX.com, which was exchanged from a 
correction, which the exchange for non-U.S. citizens, those funds were used by Alameda to make investments and other distributions, Ray told House Financial Service Chairwoman Maxine Waters. Bankman Fried, who was scheduled to testify, was arrested in the Bahamas on Monday night instead of FTX filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy last month. Bankman Fried, charged by federal prosecutors in the Southern District in New York for a wide variety of crimes, including wire fraud, securities fraud, and violating campaign financial regulations. The Securities and Exchange Commission separately charged that Bankman Fraud ran nothing less than a, bra a brazen, years-long fraud at his now bankrupt crypto exchange FTX from the start, which allowed him to divert billions of dollars to up customer funds to his own hands to grow his sprawling empire. Quote, this is not a case of mismanagement or poor oversight, but of in intentional fraud, plain and simple, U.S. Attorney Damian Williams said in a statement unsealing the indictment. indictment. Though Rain Bankman Fraud won't be part of the Senate banking hearing on Wednesday, four cryptocurrency experts will testify instead of including Kevin O'Lear, a longtime paid FTX spokesperson. The pre-released opening remarks by the witnesses suggest that the hearing won't just focus on FTX, but how the collapse of the company may impact the industry at large. Quote, we need to get to the bottom of what happened at FTX, but we can't let its collapse cause us to abandon the great promise and potential of crypto, O'Lear said in his opening remarks. Yeah, this pretty much was a Ponzi scheme. The more it gets, this news keeps breaking, the more and more it was one of the biggest Ponzi schemes in history. You know, there's a lot of people who are feeling it. I just saw an article today that Shaq was a spokesperson for it. I believe Taylor Swift was another. There's a couple others. And this is why I always say in my podcast every single time, I always say like, you need to do your own research before investing. You need to talk to your financial advisor because like you like at the end of the day, like I can't give you legal financial advice. And some of these people who were probably like for this company were giving financial advice, even though they're not professional advisors. Because like I keep telling you all, I am not a professional advisor. And everything I talk about on this podcast is always information and entertainment purposes only. We're just here to talk about the news as much as possible. Now, I do disclose some of my positions just to let you know, because I have to by law, if I'm not mistaken. But at the end of the day, like this was a huge Ponzi scheme, but it gets weirder too. The more you look into it. Okay. It says here, and this was released Tuesday. I know this is like two days late, but we were trying to figure out yesterday if we wanted to report it, but we realized we should wait one more day to figure out what the heck was going on. But it says here, Congress considered crypto consumer protection bill that Sam Bankman fried backed before FTX collapse. Okay. So this seems like Sam knew this was going to happen and he was purposely backing a bill, at least according to this article, okay? From CNBC, the shocking collapse of cryptocurrency exchange FTX has increased the urgency in Congress to understand what went wrong and pass legislation to try to prevent another debacle that would affect hundreds of thousands of investors. One bill, the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act, introduced in August, gives the Commodity Futures Trading Commission more authority to regulate digital commodities like FTX. The bill arrived before FTX collapse ignited fresh debate over how to protect customers in the re relatively young and untamed crypto industry. It is among a handful of solutions lawmakers will consider as they begin to probe the implosion of FTX, which high stakes hearings this week, and try to implement safeguards across the industry. New FTX CEO John J. Ray is scheduled to testify before the House on Tuesday, which he did because we just read about it. Former FTX CEO Sam Backman Fried was also set to testify at the House hearing and has refused to testify in a Senate hearing set for Wednesday. This was before his arrest on Monday night. 
Bankman Fraud was also charged in the U.S. indictment with eight criminal counts, conspiracy to commit wire fraud and securities fraud, individual charges of securities fraud and wire fraud, money laundering, and conspiracy to avoid campaign financial regulations. The company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy in November after uh, Revelations and Alameda Research, a trading firm founded by Bankman Fried, had secretly borrowed and traded billions of dollars from FDX customers. Stakeholders from all sides, providers, customers, and lawmakers should be closely watching his this space because it is evident that Congress will not be able to ignore an increasingly dissatisfied public call to action. And there's a lot of potential to get this wrong. Jenny Lee, a partner at law firm Reed Smith and former bank regulatory told CNBC. Senator Debbie Stable now, Democrat from Michigan, the DCCPA sponsor and chair of the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Nutrition, and Forestry, which oversees uh, commodities, said the bill will close the gap in federal regulation of spot crypto assets that are now considered securities. This applies to some digital currencies. Securities are regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. The DCCPA does not take authority away from other financial regulators. Okay. Last thing I'll read before we end this podcast today says the bill would require entities seeking to become digital commodity platforms to register with the F no correction with the CFTC as a commodities broker, a custodian, a deal breaker, or trading facility. Brokers would be required to establish fair objective prices set by risk management systems and conform to business product standards, while trading facilities must provide a competitive open market for transaction and protect customers from abuse. The bill would also establish core principles that platforms must abide by, including providing records of transactions to the CFTC when requested. The commission would be become the rulemaking authority on margin, leveraged, or financial digital commodity trades. Under the bill, digital commodity platforms would become financial institutions under the Bank Security Act, beholden to help the U.S. government detect and prevent money laundering. Okay, This is what it's boiling down to. Cryptocurrency in some way, shape, or form is going to now have rules and regulations in the making. Okay. And like I said, it's fascinating that by the fact that Sam was backing this bill right before his company collapsed. Okay. At the same time, like we just read, there's a lot of hearings that are going on with this. Okay. Soon there will probably be a decision made and cryptocurrency is going to be regulated in some way, shape or form, at least like companies that were like FTX in the making. Okay. At the end of the day, the wild west of crypto Parts of crypto might seem to will have to be still considered the wild west in the making, at least depending on if it's a company based, right? The crypto itself, I'm not too sure how it's going to be regulated, but it's it's beginning to that point. I mean, we've read articles that companies are now having to disclose whether or not they're invested in crypto now in their filing reports. And we've also read now that it seems like the US government's getting more and more involved because people are extremely outraged. There's probably a lot of people who lost a lot of money in this FTX thing in the making. Also, don't be surprised soon. If Hollywood doesn't make a movie out of this soon, and honestly, okay, it is something that Hollywood would make. And when it gets released, question becomes is, will they make it understandable for people to understand what really happened? They probably will because they'll do their research. But right now, there's just a lot of chaos happening FTX. Hence one reason why we haven't covered it as much. And as we always have to remind you all, you need to do your own research before investing because like I've always said, you're not guaranteed to make money when you invest. And FTX is a perfect example of this right now, okay? You must always keep your eye out and pay attention to what's happening in the news because 
At the end of the day, there's always new rules and regulations that come out. And every time there's a new rule regulation that comes out, it's going to affect the stock market in some way, shape, or form. So keep paying attention, fellow podcast listeners. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this, today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast. So every like and subscription that we get helps continue to grow this channel as our podcast is growing. And we're able to keep telling about the news and events that are happening on Wall Street or that Wall Street isn't willing or doesn't have the time to talk about. Please also continue to share it with friends or family as we continue to grow as a podcast. I thank my fellow list, uh, fellow listeners who continue to listen. And thank you so much for helping grow this podcast at this time. So with that being said, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Thank you and goodbye.